It is Wednesday, July 13th. You are listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back again another week. Uh, We're going to be going over reports from around the realm, as well as our divisional breakdown for the NFC North. Some people call it the NFC Norse, uh, doing our divisional breakdown there. And at the end, we're going to be giving a little teaser for our giveaway, our one-year anniversary giveaway that's going to be coming up around mid-August. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 48 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, Wednesday, July 13th. Thank God it's not a Friday. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Pod, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. All the boys are back for another week. Jace holding it down in the desert out in AZ. Max and super producer up in the land. What's going on, guys? You know, another Tuesday, another Wednesday, whenever you're listening. I'm excited. The, the 13th joke kind of went over my head, and I was like, oh, Peter's kind of funny. So I like Friday the 13th, you get it? I got it. That was good. Scary seasons. Yeah, it's a hey, it's a beautiful night to talk some fantasy football. We're recording on a Tuesday night here. Usually kick it off at 10 Eastern Standard Time and uh, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Each Tuesday, I've been putting out a tweet asking, what do you guys want to hear? Is there anything specific you want to hear? Any trades you want us to grade? Uh, You want us to take a quick little look at your roster? Just let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter and we will make sure to get it into the show. But let's get into this one. All right, we are going to take a look into our episode today. We're doing reports, and then we're going to be doing our NFC North divisional breakdown. But before then, I was going to talk about the uh, ongoing tear that the Minions Rise of Gru had, box office, quarter of a billion dollars for an animated family movie. Dang. It was really quick. I, I was thinking about it today in the office. I was dreading work, dreading studying, and I said, you know what? I think this would be a good talking point. So the minions, anybody out there that doesn't know, are the yellow uh, servants to Gru. And Gru is the most evil person in the world. And the minions swear their loyalty to the most evil person in the world at any given time. So if the minions had to swear to an NFL player, coach, etc., who would they swear to? Baker who would they be, who would they be loyal to? Who's the most evil NFL associate GM coach player? What are you guys thinking? Oh, it's got to be Baker for me. I just I, I shared in our little Dynasty Monarchy group chat the other day the the latest sleeper update on Baker Mayfield is just the most intense, most I, I mean I'm just like at a loss for words. They just went right at the man's throat. They tried to bury Baker. And I think he's just the most hated man in the NFL right now. So I think the minions, I think they would swear allegiance to Baker Mayfield and join him in Carolina. Um, I think just based on previous history and for the long reign of terror, I think Peter would probably agree. It's Bill Belichick. Oh, the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. And the Patriots, they're an evil dynasty for sure. And I mean, imagine minions on the field in in Foxborough, man. Mac Jones would be (laughs) flinging the ball. They're all wearing the little like sweatshirt cutoffs, just like Bill does on the sideline. <laughs> As a Browns fan, I'm gonna go with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Ooh, yeah. You know, because they just tear the Browns' heart out for the past 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah. and the Steelers have yellow, and the Minions are yellow oh. themselves. So it, it plays out. And and they wear jeans. The Minions, right? They wear jeans. That's the Carhartt jungle there in Pittsburgh. That is there and in Green Bay. That is fact. I bet somebody would dress up as a minion up there. Uh, I'm going to swear my allegiance, if I was a minion, to Aaron Rodgers. And he's the likable evil, though. I think he is just always out to screw people over for his own personal benefit. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is out there. And I'm not denying the greatness. I'm just saying 
if somebody was like truly evil, like chaotic evil in the NFL, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Totally, totally. You can totally, see it. Totally, hey, totally. How do you hate your family, man? Dude, no doubt. That man, oh, I'm not going to go on a giant spiel. We're going to talk about him. But that man, he is smart. He is cunning. I mean, if, if you're uneasy about him, he can win you over in a heartbeat. But like at the same time, you don't know what's going on behind your back. He is a manipulative fellow. That is, that is absolutely 100% true. Et tu brute. I could see it from him. It's a little stab in the back. Yeah. You know who that kind of reminds me of? Who? You. You, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulative, always trying to scheme. I mean, for those that don't know and don't care even, but Peter's nickname in our fantasy league and in one of our members' phones is the fantasy scammer. That is his name. So whenever they're texting and that whenever that comes up, even if he's drunk, he knows. Fantasy scammers always trying to scam. So, Peter, it reminds me of you. I you feel like what? the minions would be following you around, Max. You're the fantasy godfather. I feel like you got them you sworn in on blood deals, and they'll just they'll lay down their lives for you, man. You are. It's been a while since we brought the the fantasy godfather music into things and all that good stuff. But I, I think the minions would be walking in a straight line right behind you. FF Godfather. Well, I trade them all. <laughs> all in a second. No one's safe <laughs> other than DK. All right. Enough fun, enough games. We're going to get into the episode. But before we do, wanted to thank today's presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Another week, Underdog has decided to come back. And we wanted to thank you for that. Underdog knows that there's a lot of loyal listeners out there and they want to send their message out to you. Underdog Fantasy is a season long best ball team that you can draft in just seconds. What is best ball, you may ask? For some of you out there that haven't heard, Basically, it is stress-free fantasy. Stress-free fantasy. You draft your team. There's no trades, no waivers, no lineup setting. Your best possible lineup is automatically going to be set after the week is over. So the best team wins no matter what. Just draft a team, sit back, and forget about all the headaches you usually get. Jace, give me a start-sit decision that you regret from last year. Ooh, baby. Oh, actually, I got a pretty easy one. I lost a championship in redraft to Mr. Super Producer Nick C. I, uh, I started Matthew Stafford going up against that Baltimore Ravens secondary. That was just, uh, I mean, Cooked. yes, just Swiss cheese holes all over the place. And then I started him over Trey Lance, who I drafted pretty early, went back to back quarterbacks in the sixth and seventh round, I think. And uh, if I would have started Trey Lance, I would have taken home a championship. And uh, yeah, I got to say that that brought me a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. And you're still thinking about it today. But if you played in a best ball league with underdog, you would not be feeling that. Sign up now. Use our code monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. Again, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y for all those that can't spell out there uh, and get a free bonus cash match of $100 max. That was out there for you. Someone that can't spell. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it's really true, Peter. I mean, I respect it. <laughs> respect the move. With that being said, let's get into reports. All right, right off the bat, coming up here, uh, we barely missed this one. We recorded a day too early uh, for this piece of news. Baker Mayfield is now a Carolina Panther meeting fellow 2018 First round pick, first and third overall picks now together down in, I believe, Raleigh, North Carolina, but could be wrong for a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. Disgusting. Uh, gentlemen, does this change anything for DJ Moore or CMC? I really don't think so. I mean, if anything, I feel like it helps CMC because Baker likes to check down, I guess, because he can't really see over the line. I don't really know. I don't think, I don't think it's much of an upgrade or a downgrade from Sam Darnold. Um, I do think Baker is going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. Um, he has the first game obviously circled on his calendar as anyone would, if he was playing his former team, but who wants to go to the game? I would, I would make the track pretty. I, I could be convinced. No doubt. Me too. Yeah, I think this is a relatively 
lateral move. I, I, I would like to look into touchdown percentage between Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater and Baker Mayfield. Oh, do not look at that for <laughs> Sam Darnold. I think yeah. he's had, I think he's had 10 or less than the last three seasons combined. With, with that being said, DJ Moore over the past four seasons here, rookie year, two touchdowns the following year, four touchdowns, 2020, four touchdowns and this most previous year, four touchdowns. So if Baker's gotten just a tiny bit, you know, uh, if he's got a larger touchdown percentage than any of the quarterbacks that have been in Carolina while DJ Moore has been there, maybe we see a six, seven touchdown season from DJ Moore, which I think will do a lot um, for him. And on top of that too, in 2019, Baker Mayfield was able to sustain two 1000 yard receivers. Jarvis Landry racked up 1174 receiving yards and Odell Beckham the same season was able to rack up 1035 yards. So he can sustain pass catchers. He can sustain wide receivers, I'm very interested to see what that offense looks like with him behind center, you know, in Cleveland, the whole time he's been there pretty much it's run first, uh, at least while Stefanski's been there. And then other than that, the offense has just been an absolute train wreck, but hopefully they got things figured out there in Carolina a little bit more. And, you know, he's, he's shown the ability to sustain in the past. um, And I think he'll be able to do it again this upcoming season. So really quick, we've seen uh, DJ Moore, Again, four touchdowns, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Again, we like consistency on the podcast, but this isn't the consistency that we want to repeat. We know his talent level. He's been a thousand-yard receiver each of his full three healthy seasons the last three years, right? 2018, his rookie season, we saw 788. Do we see Baker pushing that touchdown ceiling? You know, there's there's always talk of a glass ceiling, uh, figuratively for some people. And it feels like even though we could see 10, 11, or 12 touchdowns in a season at the peak for DJ Moore, we can never get past it because of this glass ceiling that is sitting there for us. So I don't think that this does anything in particular for DJ Moore this upcoming season, the addition of Baker Mayfield, that is. But do you guys think that Baker is going to be able to feed him more in the end zone? No, no, I really, I really don't. I mean, I like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, and I, I know Jace, like, I want to hear your take, obviously, because you're a really big DJ Moore fan, but for his price, I just don't see it. It's, it's always like, Oh, DJ Moore, he's always going to have more touchdowns. This, this, and that he puts up a thousand yards. Great. I mean, he gets like five to six catches a game and probably around 70 yards. Like, yes, he's consistent, but he's, he's consistently average. And for his price, and where he's going, everyone's like, oh, this is going to be his year where he gets 10 touchdowns. How many years are we going to say that before? It's like, all right, this guy's just not going to score the ball. He's just going to put up a decent amount of yards. He's a good, like, regular football player, but I really don't have any interest with him on my team. Um, I'd rather have Terry McLaurin over him. Oof, I don't know about that. DJ Moore just turned 25 not too long ago. He's shown you the floor. It's not even he's been over 1,000 yards his past three seasons. He's been over 11 hundred yards over the past uh, three seasons, 1175 in 2019, 1193 and 1157 over the past three years. And I have some of that touchdown percentage information. Uh, Baker Mayfield's rocking at 4.8% uh, touchdown rate over his career. Sam Darnold on the other hand is rocking a 3.3 uh, percent touchdown percentage. And last season it was 2.2. And then PJ Walker, who played a fair amount of games for the Carolina Panthers last season, He's rocking a career 1.6 touchdown percentage and 1.5 last year. So there's that little boost I was talking about. I think that'll come into play. I think we see six, seven touchdowns out of DJ Moore. You know, he's going to get 1100 yards, if not more with Baker Mayfield and a better quarterback. I, I just think, you know, everyone always wants top five upside with their wide receivers. I don't see that with DJ Moore, but I do see a top 12, top 10 season in the cards. The favorite C word on this podcast, consistency. We know what he's worth. We know his floor. We know his floor, his healthy floor. Let's say that. We know his healthy floor. Yep. And uh, real quick, Baker Mayfield put up a 4.1 touchdown percentage last year, and that was with a torn labrum pretty much the entire season. And that just like blows Sam Darnold, PJ Walker out of the, uh, blows him out of the water. So I think uh, it's not going to do a whole lot. Like I said, no top five, but I think top 12 is finally within grasp. Okay, next we have a decipher the code. Oh, sorry. Question for you. How many years are we going to say, oh, this year he scores a lot of touchdowns? Like, when's the last chance? Like, I get it. He's 25. He's still technically young. But how many years is it going to be the same narrative? Like, okay, this is going to be the year. 
before it's like, all right, this guy's. I think this is his last year that he can get to break the touchdown narrative unless they get a new quarterback next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just don't think that, you know, touchdowns aren't sticky by any means. I'm not like drafting guys or trading for guys based off of, I think they're going to score this amount of touchdowns or anything like that. Um, I mean, you have your few guys, if they're in the right situation, like tight ends, tight ends, or even like Cortland Sutton in Denver, he's just a giant hulking target. You'd like to think with Russ's, um, you know, previous passing history and going deep to the big guys on go routes and going to his wide receivers in the end zone. Those are kind of guys you want to bank on, but more often than not, I'm with like, Peter comes back to you saying, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Consistency. If you're guaranteeing me 1,100 yards and four touchdowns as a baseline, like that's a guy I want on my team, Uh, especially with the age that he's at, just turned 25. He's got, you know, another three more, three, four more years of prime football left in him. Maybe Baker's not the answer. Maybe they figure it out. He's just one of those guys. I'm not, I'm not buying in on DJ Moore. If I'm a competitor right now, I don't think he's going to be a winning piece or anything like that. I think he could be, but I'm not banking on it, but he's a winning flex piece. If you can afford it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as it goes in long-term dynasty, he's just, I mean, he's one of those guys he's shown us, he doesn't need a good quarterback to produce. And if he does get a good quarterback, sky's the limit for the guy. All right, let's move on. Next up. We have a decipher the message from Mr. Rob Gronkowski. He says he's quote unquote, and this is a direct quote, done with football, even if Tom Brady calls him. Decipher the message. Is that real or is it fake? I I think it's fake. I mean, I think that I really think it all depends on the kind of mood he's in. Like he's the kind of guy that's just free spirited. He's go with the flow. If Brady catches him at the right time, like with anyone on the phone, but if you catch him at the right time, it's like, Hey Gronk really could use you. Oh yeah, man. I'd like, I could see him coming back. Hey, look, I, man. He, he likes the attention. It's summer in Tampa Bay. Who wants to work right now? No one. No. I think – I don't know. It'll be fun to see how skinny Gronk gets while he's quote-unquote retired <laughs> because when he retired that first time, he got real thin and then had to put some weight back on. In the middle of the season, there's not a whole lot of time for that. So if he gets back to real thin and he's doing CBD commercials and all that stuff again, I think he's probably he's probably done for the year. But – he keeps his weight on. I Tom's gonna come calling. He's like, uh, you know, it's like that old toxic relationship in a way. Peter, you like to bring up dating relationships. You know, it's true. old that old ex calls back. You're sitting around. You're like, man, those were some good times. So it's the I two a.m. the two a.m. you up text. <laughs> exactly. Gronk will get one of those from Tom. It's the, and it's the week ten. Like, it's the week ten. Yo, touchdown. Text. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, so we'll see. He'll be needed. Um, I, I think he'll. It's just, we love a good narrative here. And I think him coming back for a playoff stretch is just the perfect narrative. It's the Gronk spike question mark. Yeah. Yeah. So again, our our little piece of advice here, if he's out there on waivers, I think we mentioned this the other week, just go pick him up. If he clears waivers, even if, even if you want to spend a little bit of fab, I would say like $5, $5, maybe at the most on fab. Uh, I know in one of our leagues, we didn't pick him up, but we're not particularly competing right now. So Gronk wouldn't be the perfect piece to pick up for our team. Moving forward, uh, I feel like we should have like a drop for this guy, just how unique and hilarious he is, but we don't. Nikhil Harry uh, avoids going on waivers for a, let me pronounce this correctly, 2024 seventh round pick. Mm. So a bag of dust, some belly button lint, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nikhil Harry got traded for it. Hey, look, Justin Fields. I don't want to hear you don't have weapons. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what do you guys think about Nikhil Harry's value moving to the the Bean City, Chicago? I mean, you're the Nikhil Harry like fan over here, man. I drafted Nikhil Harry. I think I've said this many times. I was in a club at the time we were doing our dynasty startup. I can't say I was in a sound place to do a draft, but I held on to him for way too long. He just sat on my taxi, sat on my taxi, sat on my taxi, started making roster moves, had to let him go to pick up Bob Tanyan, which pretty solid move. I'll give that up any day, but now he's in Chicago. The opportunity is right there for him, but I think he's, as good as done. I, I really didn't know who Nikhil Harry was coming out of college. Honestly, I wasn't that deep into dynasty land at the time. 
watch his highlights from Arizona State. It's no wonder he whiffed. I mean, he's a true 50-50 guy. To me, never showed any kind of burst, any kind of speed, any kind of true athleticism. I he's he's still worth nothing. He'll end up back on waivers, but there are people out there. I'm not one of them. I mean, maybe a little bit of me where I think back to Corey Davis, where he was drafted number five overall in 2017. I kill Harry 32nd overall pick, if I believe correctly. Um, maybe we see a little bit of a late career resurgence with Nikhil Harry, but I mean, it's, you know, I think he's toast. I think he's toast. Uh, I think he's toast just particularly in this offense. You know, if he goes, just imagine, let's say, I know he already had his experience and experiment with Tom Brady, but they didn't run the most prolific offense there. Imagine if he went to the Bucks or if he went to Green Bay, it's worth a pickup or X, Y, Z. I just don't think that talent that hasn't proved itself is going to be good with a young rookie quarterback. So, you know where he would have been good? Where? The Jets. They need height. I mean, it can test. They need a size guy. They (laughs) need a size guy. This is why Denzel Mims, I'm not giving up on the dream. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, no, I think he's toast. Three things here. One, um, Fields, not a rookie quarterback. I know you Philly natives think that second year means rookie. Again, not a rookie quarterback. Um, he's basically a rookie but because of how bad he played last year. Yep. Yep. I, I get you guys love to put basically in front of a rookie and just consider the same thing. But, um, when you look at the Chicago bears wide receiver court, I mean, it is bad. I mean, Darnell Mooney, Pringle, Elis Jones, the 25 year old rookie that they drafted. Aquamania, Tajay Sharpen. It's basically, it is a terrible wide receiver court. And I think this is the, this goes to my next point here. We talk about it all the time on this show. I mean, Nick C before the show is like, Hey, if you want to give me a third round pick for him, I'll take a third round pick. If this guy goes and has like two big weeks in a row and people are de- desperate for a wide receiver and you see his age and they see what he could do on a new team. Oh I feel like you could easily get like a late second or like a third and just sell him easily. Sell the window. Like he's probably sitting on waivers, pick him up, wait for him to have one big game. Cause we just went over that wide receiver core. It's trash. Sell it. Flip the window. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be getting all the thirds I possibly could for Nikhil Harry. 25 right. thirds, bring them my way. All right, before we get into our divisional breakdown, I did want to mention just two seconds. I'm not going to rant. I'm going to keep myself out of the discussion so far. I just wanted to address the Zach Wilson rumors. Mm. Watch your moms. Hide, you know, hide <laughs> your kids, hide your wife. Remember that from the early 2000s. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your wife, dead serious. Yep. Uh, the allegations that uh, if anybody doesn't know, we're not going to mention the uh, proclivity or whatever uh, word they use on radio to not talk about sexy time, uh, <laughs> but mention it briefly. Uh, but Zach Wilson apparently has been uh, having the time of his life uh, with some experience on the other side of it. (laughs) Does this news impact the Broadway Joe style of Zach Wilson? Yes. Yes or no. Can this, can this news break the jets quarterback curse? I I mean, I'm not even on jets Twitter. I think I'm just on it because my phone hears you talk about it so much, (laughs) but I just scrolled through Twitter and everyone's like, he's got that dog in him. They got him doing CPR, (laughs) the dog coming out of him. Like the hype, is crazy for him and even like my coworkers at work like we play fantasy football wordle every day and every day they're like let's get zach wilson let's get zach wilson i'm like oh my gosh it's crazy so i mean honestly if it's true and this is the locker room loves it and could get the team morale going good the locker room does love it all the players are tweeting that's my quarterback Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I just traded for Zach Wilson not too long ago, and I am feeling really good about my Zach Wilson share. Um, yeah, he's going to be on my team for years to come. So, Super producer, how are you feeling about Mr. Wilson's uh, proclivity to like older women? His membership in the book club. His membership in the – yeah, his, in the book club. His <laughs> library card still works. Yeah. Hey, man, it's great. I love it just seeing all the Twitter memes. It's I'm here for it, man. I You know. Like you said, gets the locker room sparked up. These guys, you know, they're hyped up that they got a, a little cougar hunter as their, their signal. <laughs> hey, so. what's the BYU mascot? Born and raised. 
No doubt, man. He's all over it. All right, let's get into our divisional breakdown. All right, NFC North, NFC North, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions was the finish from last year. Gentlemen, we all have a consensus moving into this next year on who's going to win the division, but it's not who people think. Jace, I know you have a little bit of analysis here uh, on some of the players, but why are we all picking Minnesota? Yeah, the biggest thing for me choosing Minnesota is Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers has shown us everything we could possibly see. He can, you know, lead a team to whatever, but you lose Devontae Adams, I got to see him operate that offense without him. So with that being said, the Minnesota Vikings are bringing everyone back. They're bringing in a new coaching staff from the reigning Super Bowl champions. I just think the Vikings are due for an amazing season. Um, they got all the pieces. What about Burke? Burke, who are you referring to? Burke Buzzins. I don't know. Uh, I don't Kirk know. Cousins. Who, oh, Burke. I was like, I, I don't know who that coach is. He D line coach or who is this guy? Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited for Mr. Kirk Cousins. I, I really am. Um, but we'll get into him. Pause. In just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Max, any comment on the division winning Vikings? I mean, we got to take you guys to a therapist. I mean, Jace wants to get into Kirk Buzzins. Peter wants to dangle balls like last week. I mean, people are going to wear this like PG-13. I mean, you guys, you got to take a step back. But um, I think just with that offensive firepower with Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Madison, and they really did amp up that defense. Um, and like you said, Jace, I mean, the Packers losing Devontae Adams – I really think it's going to affect Rodgers and how that team rolls. But it is bold of us because Green Bay, Matt LaFleur has been insane as a head coach in the regular season. I think he went 13-3 and three both, both years. So it's definitely tough to pick against them. But I think this is Minnesota's year. Yeah, in particular, I do think it's Minnesota's year. Whether or not they end up beating Green Bay, that's to come. But if I was a – betting man you are my parlay has green bay in it but that was a couple months ago when i placed it um now thinking about it i think the vikings have a better chance than people give it to be i think jefferson takes another leap forward in his uh quote unquote junior season last year was his sophomore now his junior season it's crazy um and i know right we're getting old gentlemen year three breakout dude Year three break. Yeah. Year three breakout for Jefferson. (laughs) Who thinks it can happen? Dude. Not me. I think he's going to be a bust. Um, But no, I I think they have a lot of offensive pieces Uh, and Madison's right behind cook in case cooks tires fall off. Yep. Yep. They're not Han Coop tires anymore. They're Kmart (laughs) tires right now. So, all right, let's get into quarterback who's going to finish as the number one quarterback in the division moving forward this next season jared golf yeah yeah you know what who knows this is a crazy season cousins and rogers get injured week one it just might be it it might be but i i have a statement and i want to proclaim this on the show is a royal decree this is royal decree um peter with your wax seal with my wax seal delivered from the top of the whatever it is castle down to the listeners. Hear ye, hear ye. Peter, who has been my NFC team for as long as you've known me? The Cowboys. And that changes tonight. Oh. I am, you know, I'll still root for the Cowboys. That's great. But I really, really think, I know actually, that I'm changing my favorite NFC team from the Cowboys the Detroit Lions. And I'll leave it at that. All right. So you right. actually think Jared Goff? No, no, no. I, I don't actually think Jared Goff, but <laughs> I actually do. I think we've been over this on the show before. I actually do enjoy the Detroit Lions. I love that they play on Thanksgiving one. And I love they're, they're like a city like Cleveland. And the only way they can go is up. I love Swift. I love Hawkinson, St. Brown, JMO. I mean, they got a lot of fun pieces. I don't think – I think they're years into the rebuild. I mean, I think they have a long way to go. But 
I genuinely like the Lions. So, like the question I asked you, who's <laughs> yeah, going to finish as the number one quarterback? Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was totally off topic. I just wanted to declare that, Peter. Okay. No, no. no. We appreciate it. Detroit appreciates it. They're over under set at six and a half wins this year. You think they beat that? See, Nick C says Bryce Young or CJ Stroud inbound for Detroit. Could be wild. Um, Shout out Alfred. He loves calling it Detrachi. Um, I don't think I don't think they beat six and a half. No, I don't. That is a lot of wins. That is a lot of wins. But okay. I'm a realistic Detroit fan these days. You are. You are. That's good. That's good. But who, who's uh, who's your quarterback? Because I'm looking at it on the dock, and I think I feel like you got some explaining to do, man. I don't think I do. I think I went with Aaron Rodgers, and like I said, LaFleur has been an excellent coach. Yes, he lost Devontae, um, but I really think Christian Watson has a massive year. I mean, Jace, I know you're very big on him. I know he doesn't have the same weapons, but Aaron Jones can still do a lot out of the backfield. We forget about that. And we'll get to it later, but my tight ends, Bobby Tunyon, man. I think he has a breakout season, kind of like two seasons ago. And I'm not going to doubt Rodgers. It's like you're doubting Brady in the playoffs. Like, Rodgers does this year in, year out. The only scenario I see where Rodgers doesn't score as the top finisher is injury or if he just, like, rage quits in the middle of the season. So I'm going <laughs> to see him rage now. quit. I could see him rage quit. Oh, I could, too. Jace? Yeah, I – I, I can't get behind the Rodgers thing. Losing Devontae, that just, like, uh, that hurts me. I feel like that team's going to go super run-centric, if anything. And I think Rodgers is going to have to be super, super-duper efficient. But I got some information on everyone. My pick is Kirk Cousins. and Burke, I just Captain Burke. Captain Burke. Burke Buzzins. I'm in on that now. Here we go. And uh, I, I got some stuff for you guys. So Kevin O'Connell was the f- uh, former offensive coordinator for the Rams for the past two seasons. And then Wes Phillips was the tight end coach for the Rams the past two seasons. Both of those guys are coming over to Minnesota. Kevin O'Connell as the new head coach and Wes Phillips as the offensive coordinator. I mean, we just saw what Stafford and Cup did last year. Stafford set the single season team record for passing yards with 4,886 yards. And then he tied Kurt Warner's uh, touchdown record from his 1999 MVP season uh, with 41 touchdowns. And I mean, we all know what Cooper cup did last year. It's just absolutely insane. So if they're bringing that philosophy over to Minnesota, Kirk cousins is due for a big boost. Justin Jefferson, if he ends up in a Cooper cup like role, Oh my God, this dude's going to break fantasy football. The LA Rams were throwing the ball 35.7 times per game last year. They ranked 10th in the NFL. Minnesota was just behind them at 11th there uh, tied with Jacksonville, but I don't know. New scheme, LA Rams, modern scheme over there. I, I think it's going to do wonders for that team and all their weapons. Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith coming back fully healthy this year. Dalvin Cook and company in the backfield. I just, I'm in love with this team. I'm in love with Kirk Cousins' situation. I think he's going to throw a lot of passes. I think he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. And when I look at the other quarterbacks, just talked about Rodgers, Devontae Adams is gone he's in vegas and after two mvp seasons in a row i think rogers is due for a ton of regression justin fields he's got darnell darnell mooney a 25 year old rookie byron pringle colt met and now nikeel harry that's just a bunch of garbo that's not going to get it done for me and then the last option is jared goff and uh well it's jared goff so kirk cousins is my pick and i think it's i think it's going to be a runaway this year who was rams jared goff would it be any different? If it was Rams, no, no, it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> All right. Yeah. For myself in particular, I'm here to split the tie. I've been back and forth and back and forth, but I will go with the proven quantity in Aaron Rodgers, but I would not be surprised at all if Kirk Cousins finishes as the quarterback one in the division. I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Cousins finishes as a top six quarterback flat. This he, was, he doesn't add the rushing. I mean, I, Matt Stafford I, doesn't add the rushing. Matt Stafford didn't add it. And at the same time, the lack of weapons for Justin Fields concerns me so much because the legs can only get you so far. I think they bring you a floor just as much as they bring you a ceiling, if not more. Justin Fields, he's going to get you the points. He's probably going to be safe because he runs and he'll run some touchdowns in. But those weapons he has there would not shock me if his touchdown percentage is 2% at the end of the year. I mean, that's just nothing to work with. So. Call me a maniac. I, I think Kirk Cousins in that Minnesota offense is if the Rams offense is a, you know, a, I think it's a B plus. Absolutely. A minus. 
absolutely. And that defense definitely made some improvements, but by no means are they a lockdown defense that you're absolutely going to fear week to week. You're not going to, you know, uh, pivot off of someone based on that matchup uh, week to week with your wide receiver running back decisions. So that team, you know, they're going to be giving up points. They're going to have to score points. I, I just think it's a perfect formula. And I just love that they're bringing that Super Bowl winning Rams philosophy right on over to Minnesota. All right, let's move on. Running back. Running backs up next. Last year, the running back one in the division was Aaron Jones. And am I the only one that has him repeating? Yeah. I, I, uh, when I was doing this, I kind of, I don't know how I'm a big Aaron Jones guy. I kind of let him slip out of my mind because I'm just so enamored with the potential of DeAndre Swift. He's my pick. Max, he's your pick. Man, this guy, I think he's ready to break fantasy football. I think he's ready to take that leap. I think that team's going to be, like Max said, I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. They got pieces. Jamison Williams coming on halfway through the season. Jared Goff can get it done. He can check it down. I think if Swift stays healthy, I think he's going to be the man. He's not going to split touches with Jamal Williams like Aaron Jones is going to have to split touches with A.J. Dillon. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I, I picked Swift. Yes, based on that one point there, Jason, the splitting carries like that. Dalvin Cook, I get he's another good option. David Montgomery's a good option. I think out of every position, the running backs are probably the most solid from this division. I don't even know if that made sense. But oh, yeah, absolutely. I pick Swift based on the receiving upside. I mean, he was getting more targets than DJ Moore was a game. I mean, 11, 5, 7, 6, 6, 7, 10, 5. And he's catching most of them. And I love the Lions. We just we just went over this, but they're going to be down. And Swift is the pass catching running back, and he doesn't have many much competition uh, with JMO being out for most of the year. Hawkinson, it's the jury still yet to be out. Amara St. Brown had a great second half of the year, but can he do it again? I don't know. Swift finishes the running back 15 last year and missed five games, which is absolutely insane. I think. I mean, when when he got the volume and the workload. Even in half-point PPR, he was putting up over 20 points a game because he was finding the end zone, adding about 50 yards on the ground, and then adding about 50 yards in the air. So I love Swift, and I think his ceiling is like CMC-like. I agree. Yeah, I definitely think Swift's ceiling is CMC-like, but like we were talking about in a couple weeks ago, the vacated targets in Green Bay are way too big, in my opinion, for me to go with that type of offense out in Detroit. I think that Aaron Rodgers, I know this is 100%. I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to rely on his running backs and lean more on the people that have been in that offense for longer. And Aaron Jones is the most tenured guy on that team, on that offensive uh, like skill position set now. So he's going to be getting the ball on the ground as well as through the air a little bit more. I think A.J. Dillon's going to spell him on the ground a little bit more so that he can potentially line up in the slot. I wouldn't be shocked if that's a – something out of camp that Aaron Jones is going to start lining up in the slot, uh, kind of like how Kamara sometimes does. Um, But I think Aaron Jones in his age 27 season upcoming, this is his prime. This is, you know, one year away from the edge. I think this is his final stand uh, as a fantasy asset. I think that's this year. And then you sell him next year. He'll have a decent year next year and then just fall off the cliff. And more likely than not, I think he finishes inside the top 12. I think Aaron Jones probably, if I was a betting man, finishes in half point PPR, RB10, RB9. Yep. uh, That range. Uh, But it's all going to depend. I think Minnesota has too many mouths to feed, and then Detroit isn't good enough to get Swift the touchdowns that he needs. Yeah. The, so here's here's something for you. Weeks 1 through 11, DeAndre Swift was fully healthy, wasn't injured yet. He got hurt in week 12, played 20% of the snaps. So weeks 1 through 11, DeAndre Swift, RB7 in points per game. Aaron Jones, number 9 in points per game. So, I, you know, what's the what's really the difference between 7 and 9 there, especially week to week? Um, with the way Max, can you tell us what the difference is between 7 and 9? Do you know? 2, 2. Uh, okay, good. Oh, boy. He may be illiterate, but at least he can count. Now, this is nitpicking stats and everything like that, but the first seven weeks of the NFL season, DeAndre Swift was absolutely electric. It looks like he was finally hitting his stride. He was RB3 in points per game, half-point PPR, weeks one through seven. If he can put it together fully healthy, I think he is the true 
dog in that backfield. And uh, man, I just, that team, six and a half wins, that's not a high number by any means. They could very well hit the number, hit the under. This team's going to be chasing points a lot. I mean, just the man, he's their lead dog in between, you know, on first and second down. And if they're chasing points, he's the receiving back. I just think volume could really, really fall in his favor this upcoming season. Before we, we move on to the wider receiver position, you know, Aaron Jones going into his prime, he's going to have a great season. I do think he's going to have a great season. And you Me said too. how you could flip him next year. I don't think, I think after this year, I think he's pretty close to worthless. I mean, he's going to be 28 next year going into his sixth season. He's only five foot nine. He's not the biggest guy in the world. I get they signed him to a big deal, but I just want all of our listeners to, to be weary of if you have Aaron Jones when to trade him, when the window is there, because he's a very unique guy to have on your roster. I mean, Peter, you're competing. You have him. I mean, he's probably one of the best competing running backs you could have this year. Absolutely. Um, but just be careful because I don't think he's going to be worth very much. No one's going to want a 28-year-old running back playing in a sixth season. See, in my, in my humble opinion, uh, I know man. I am a humble guy. Uh, I admit when I'm wrong, a good amount, but I'm going to admit where I'm 100% correct here. At least I believe my opinion to be correct. First round picks are first round picks. Yes, some of them have more value than others, but just like time, just like, you know, they say death and taxes, they will have their day. Eventually that day will come where the first round pick is the first round pick and that year's first round pick and it gains value. It's not going to go down in value as time goes on. So when I look at Aaron Jones this upcoming season, even if I can move him for a 2026 first round pick, 2025 first round pick after the season's over and I'm not competing anymore and I'm looking to move him, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Okay. You just got to think a first round pick is a first round pick once you're done competing. Yep. I agree. And this isn't to say from my standpoint, I'm here back in Swift. That's mostly just the dynasty angle of this thing and, also, I think if Swift hits as as compared to if Aaron Jones hits, I think the ceiling's much higher for DeAndre Swift just because Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon are, I mean, miles apart in talent and youth especially. A.J. Dillon's got that burst in him. Jamal Williams, his, his days are probably behind him. But, I mean, Max, you said it. This whole division, there's pieces at the running back position everywhere. I mean, not even just David Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, uh, Aaron Jones – we mentioned A.J. Dillon, um, Alexander Madison, when he fills in for Dalvin Cook, is electric. And then Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert, absolutely. I think everyone's kind of just forgotten about him. But when he was playing last year, he was popping off week in and week out. He's going to get the volume. He can handle it. That coaching staff likes him. I think this is a great, great, great division for running backs, and it wouldn't surprise me if pretty much any of these running backs ended up as a top seven, top eight option at the end of the year. 100%. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, I think it's pretty clear and obvious. Everybody's number one pick now that, now that Devontae Adams is out of the division. Justin Jefferson rounds out our number one wide receiver spot, but uh, we've talked and gushed about uh, Jay Jet for a while on the podcast. Everybody knows how great he is. Let's talk about the sleepers in the division. Who do you think has the potential, whether it was an injury or XYZ, to outseed Justin Jefferson this year. I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough for any of these sleepers to outseed Jet because I really do think he'll finish as the wide receiver one. Um, but to your in point, football or in the division, in football, yeah, he'd have my he'd probably have my bet too, even over Cooper Cup. Yeah, okay. I really, I, I think with that offense and what we're expecting from them and his what he's done in year one, year two. I mean, hey, year three breakout, right? We got to <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, it's the the breakout from the top six to the top one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I I think his his target and his workload it's like it's insane. But if I had to pick up, play your little game and uh, appease the fans, I guess I would probably say Christian Watson. I mean, I'm not going to take any Detroit wide receivers as much as I love the Lions. I just don't see Goff being able to sustain it. Who knows what Christian Watson could be drafted 34th overall? I mean, the man's a physical freak. And with Rodgers being his number one, unless they get a guy like Julio or Will Fuller or Odell, one of these vets, um, 
who else is he going to really throw to other than Bobby Tunyon and the running backs? They're going to have to throw the ball down the field. So I'm going with Christian Watson. And uh, I just don't trust Justin Fields or Jared Goff. And I don't think anyone on the Vikings is going to surpass them. Actually, yeah. KJ Osborne could be a deep sleeper. He's he's solid. Deep, 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 deep. Oh, uh, don't forget about Adam Thielen, too. If he puts that's, together uh, a nice, healthy season, puts up 14 touchdowns, because that's yeah. all that guy does. That's a Snow White sleeper. That's a deep <laughs> sleep sleeper. <laughs> Call him Snow White. No doubt. Uh, for me, Nick C, this will make you happy. This is a mainstay on your dynasty team at the moment. At the moment, I got Darnell Mooney. And for me, it's just volume, volume, volume. There is nobody there. Vilas Jones. It's the A-Rob effect. There. Yeah, it is the A-Rob effect. And last year, Darnell Mooney, I'm trying to do a little bit of math here, but he racked up 140 targets. And I believe he, believe he was tied 10th overall in the league in targets, total amount of targets. So the volume is there for him. Maybe Justin Fields takes a nice little step forward as a passer. Maybe him and Darnell get that connection going. And if you're ever worried about Darnell Mooney just being this explosive guy, he catches a bubble screen and he takes it 80 yards. That's all he's relying on. Watch film of Darnell Mooney. He is very Jerry Judy-esque. I mean, the dude snaps ankles. He can run double, triple moves. He can get open in any kind of route. Um, I'm really excited for him. I don't think he's necessarily a true wide receiver one moving forward i think he's probably better as a 1b to someone else's 1a but right now he's the 1a he's the 1a plus right now there is no one in sight to compete with him so i'm just going to chase the volume and you know with his route running with his agility with his with his explosiveness i i think he could really have himself a nice 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 top 17 or so season and just somehow I find a way to break the tie again. So Max had Watson. Jace had Darnell Mooney. As much as I love Darnell and think he has a lot, a lot, a lot of upside this year, especially if Justin Fields can put together an adequate top half season at the quarterback position. Like if he can be a top 16 quarterback, I think Darnell Mooney is going to be a big part of that. I just can't shy away from Aaron Rodgers as number one option. Oh and we know it's not going to be the Lizard King. It's not going to be Sammy Watkins. We know it's not going to be XYZ over there. It's going to be this, this young man that they just drafted, uh, Christian Watson. I, I'm just going to bet on Aaron Rodgers. And that, that's, it's not math-based. It's not anything like that. It's, it's a lot of vacated targets. Only a certain percentage of them are going to go to Aaron Jones. If this kid can step up yeah. and step in, find some touchdowns in, as compared to the rookies, like, if he can finish with like 10 touchdowns and a thousand yards, who knows what kind of season yeah. he could have. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like I've been talked down by all the podcasts that I listen to. Everyone is just so worried about Christian Watson, just Aaron Rodgers never throws to rookies, yada, yada, yada. I've heard the same things over and over on every podcast. He's never had to. Exactly. I mean, I think this is a great time to fade the industry itself. I think, pre-draft pre-everything peter you were the first guy that brought christian watson to our attention senior bowl he was nuts i watched he just pooped on all the dbs at the and the dbs bowl. the db said he was the best wide receiver there max i kind of helped bring you along to christian watson showing you his highlights i mean the dude's unreal if anyone's gonna break if anyone's gonna break like the non-sec non-big 10 wide receiver guy that hits it's going to be Christian Watson. I mean, if you, the eye test is unbelievable. And if you watch his senior bowl stuff, Peter, thank you so much for showing us that the dude can run routes. So yep. if he can figure 100%. it out, if he can figure it out, he could put up a, uh, he could put up a top eight season and it wouldn't surprise me in the slide. It wouldn't surprise me if he finished number one overall out of all the wide receivers, if he hit, I mean, wow. the dude is a, if he hits, he's going to hit hard. Exactly. I mean, the dude's six four runs a four three forty. Can jump out of the gym. He can uh, long jump past anybody. I mean, just yeah. absolutely insane athlete. So, by no means am I hating on your guys' pick. I'm actually just kind of on the fence right now about it. Um, I'm starting to buy back into Christian Watson. I think we fade the yeah. industry here. Uh, uh, question: What would you pay for Christian Watson right now? Uh, back in twenty three first. 
Yeah, back in 23 first. For like, sure. like 10 to 12 at being back in. Like 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I think right where he goes right now is, I mean, the one thing that kind of sucks about Christian Watson, though, dynasty-wise, is Aaron Rodgers. I know he inked like a, what was it, a three- or four-year deal. It's year to year. It's yeah. it's it's basically a bunch of one year deals put together. So he could lose Aaron Rodgers as quickly as he gained him. Uh, we already talked about him rage quitting in the middle of the season. I don't think that happens, but they have a bad year. I could see him calling it quits for sure and just going out, uh, you know, kind of on top with two two out of three years being MVP season. So that that worries me long term. But God, I mean, if he hits, he's gonna hit hard, like you said, Peter. Ray Lewis hard. Yeah, I got it. I got another like kind of comment here. I was just sitting there thinking, you know, Nixie, you have a great team in our league here. And probably the second best team, I think, Peter, you probably the first best team. But the crazy thing is, is like, I bring this up because I have Nixie's first round pick. And the crazy thing is, it's like Nixie could have the best season ever. You can go 13 and 0 and then lose in the first round of the playoffs off some unlucky stuff. And I have like pick seven. So it's like, it's tough to project one of those late first. I mean, yeah. you guys see where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to know where there's a where those are gonna fall. I think your best bet to go get Christian Watson was one. You got to find yourself a deep rebuilder, and you got to explain to them Christian Watson isn't gonna be around forever because Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna be around forever. So you're kind of really banking on a lot of unknowns right there. So I would be approaching those owners with 24 firsts and 23 seconds in some kind of bundle because, I mean, 23 seconds are going at a high price by themselves. And that's probably the first time we can say that about second round picks in quite some time. So 20, a package of 23 seconds and a 24 first or players, this and that, I think I would try to avoid the 23 first if I possibly could, unless you're looking at whoever's team it is and you're like, they are going to win it this year, even with injuries going the wrong way, they're going to win it this year. Then. Okay. Yeah. I'll ship that over. All right, last comment on Christian Watson. This is something I have seen. He has an incomplete route tree from everything that I'm hearing. He has like an 80% route tree. He's not going to be working over the middle much. He's more of an outside spread the ball guy. Um, So he's not going to be a big catch a lot of balls. He's going to be more like Devontae where it's stretching the field a little bit more. Yeah. People have been saying he's the MBS replacement. Exactly. Do you think that the incomplete route tree, similar to DK Metcalf, as well as Denzel Mims, Nikhil Harry, Traylon Burks, Traylon Burks? No, I think Traylon has his cone drill wasn't great, but he still has a good route tree. I think he just he didn't run a lot of like the quote unquote big four routes in college, yeah. just out of straight necessity. But when he ran them, he was fine. Yeah, so basically I, I'm giving the one exemption to the rule and then all of the rules and Denzel Mims and, yeah. and all these bust 50-50 ball guys. Do you think that there's a chance for him to bust hard? Like what do you think is his floor in compared to the rookie class? Oof. For this upcoming season alone. Yeah, I mean, shoot, man. If he bottoms out, I could see, you know, Wandale Robinson, who's been a third round pick pretty consistent, pretty consistently in one quarterback rookie drafts. I, I could see Wandale outscoring him. I mean, his floor is like pretty much zero. It's that JJ Arthega Whiteside, Nike, Nike Harry kind of floor. But I mean, he's one of those guys, like if you're in the right spot, you got a relatively solid roster built around it. I, I am taking that swing for the fences because just go watch his highlights if you're in doubt, because the dude is. I mean, he looks like he could just straight up dominate NFL linebackers and cornerbacks and everything. It, it is tough because, I mean, if this guy catches the entry bug and misses some time in camp and can't build that rapport and then doesn't really get on the field much this year, then Rogers snowballs. and then Rogers leaves. I mean, like you said, it's snowballs and he's you wouldn't you probably could bid him for a third round pick. So it's a really high risk, um, I would say, because you have to go out there and probably pay up like even if you're doing your draft now, like. 107 108 or like a next year late first some drafts Um, he even goes earlier yeah he even goes early just to based on the name there's location his size speed and that's totally fine but if he hits and you could flip him at the right window i mean you're looking at three four times your investment honestly yeah totally 
All right, that's enough on Christian Watson. I feel like that was some good analysis there. Let's move into tight end to wrap us on up for the divisional breakdown. Then we'll announce the jersey for any of those sticking around. Before we get into this, did want to say, please give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. It really helps out uh, us understand who's listening, how they're listening, uh, et cetera. So please, if you could give us a subscription on Apple Pod or just follow us on Apple Pod, Spotify, however you do that, and follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Tweets going out every day, fantasy resource for you, for the people. We love doing it, so we are giving it for free on Twitter, fantasy analysis, and as well, you can DM us there, and we answer any and all questions. Yep. So let's move into tight end. I think all three of us have a different answer, and I think all three of us have different reasons why we didn't pick the other people. So, so let's hear, let's start with Max. Why are you going with Bobby Tunyon? You mentioned it earlier in the pod. Let's hear it. Yeah, I alluded to it earlier. It's kind of like the narrative we've been hyping on a lot. Devontae's gone, obviously. The targets are going to have to go somewhere. Bobby Tunyon, he's a name that a lot of people forgot about last year. Was battling injuries. But two seasons ago, this guy finishes top, top five tight end. Yes, he scored a lot of touchdowns. But I see that coming back this year, the touchdowns. Um, I wouldn't bank on the touchdowns because obviously you can't bank on that really but basically i picked bobby tunyon based on the lack of targets um in green bay and i think he's going to see a lot more targets and he's one of the only guys that like rogers has a chemistry with so and knows the offense well and knows the offense well and he's honestly he's a pretty solid tight end and like i just don't trust like when you look at you, you can make the argument for everybody i mean fields and golf we've talked about this don't trust them and then in Minnesota, like they got Dalvin Cook, they got Jefferson, they got Thielen, they got KJ Osborne. I think Bobby Tunyon has the best chance to the most targets, so I'm picking him. Yeah, I uh, I really do like Bob Tunyon. He actually ended up on waivers in our most important league, and I scooped him right up, even though I'm a rebuilder. Tight ends they age they age gracefully for the most part. They usually find their prime later in their careers. That's just kind of the way it goes. I'm all with you with that Bob Tanyan pick. I think I mean, he scored 11 touchdowns two seasons ago. I think he could easily do that, if not exceed that. If he's healthy, there have been some reports that he might not be ready for week one, which will hurt, but that just kind of lowers his stock even more. If you could go send a 23 third round pick to go get Bob Tanyan, if you're a competitor, that's something I'm absolutely willing to do at this point. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's my pick, though. I think volume-wise – I, Max thinks the targets are going to go to Bob Tanyan. I could see that, but at the same time, TJ Hawkinson, former first round talent, uh, only played 12 games last season, got caught by the injury bug. But while he was out there, he was pretty solid uh, target monster himself. And I think, you know, Amon Ra, St. Brown, Mr. Juicy, as we like to call him, he's going to take a step up, take some targets away. Swift, of course, is going to get his. And Jameson Williams down the stretch is going to get his targets. But I think on a week-to-week basis, I think TJ Hawkinson is going to give you a floor that none of these other guys are going to give you um, in this division. I think if you're swinging for Bob Tunyon, if you're swinging for Irv Smith, um, if you're swinging for Cole Komet, I think the volume is most likely going to get be given to um, TJ Hawkinson. And I, I just think he's a safer floor play, and I think he's going to rack up more points when it's all said and done. I like TJ Hawkinson. I really do. I think he is the Kirkland brand, George Kittle. Totally. If that makes sense. Totally. Um, in my humble opinion, I do think Herb Smith is going to lead the division. I can't see if we think the Vikings offense is going to be what it is. Let's say Kirk Cousins, conservatively speaking, throws like 33 touchdowns, 33 to 36 touchdowns. I think that's a good range for him based on the offense they've had over the last two years. Beyond that, Jefferson, Thielen, they're not going to get 10 plus each. I think when we're looking at tight ends, specifically in fantasy football, you're looking for upside, touchdown upside, inside the 10 yard line upside. Thielen and, uh, Jefferson, Thielen's a great 50-50 ball guy. He's a year older. Jefferson is a great route runner. They can run pick plays. They got Cook there as well. But I think Herb Smith is going to be the guy that slips out and gets a lot of touchdowns this year. 
in that offense. We are always chasing touchdowns for tight ends. We're never projecting touchdowns, but we're always chasing touchdowns with tight ends. I'm going to take the probably most powerful offense in the division this upcoming season, and I'll take their tight end moving forward. Doing I think, a little bit of I think Irv Smith's ceiling is top, I think five. five. Not inside the top five, but five flat. I think that's his ceiling. I, I could very well see that. I think touchdowns are really going to have to go his way. Yeah, I mean, just listening to, like, honestly, this whole episode is fantastic, one. But two, let's listen nice to humble our- brag, humble brag, humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> but our tight end analysis there, I mean, we all pick different ones, and I feel like all of our reasons – we're pretty solid and pretty fair. I mean, it's going to come down to a lot of luck, just like fantasy football does. But, I mean, all these guys, you can go out and get them for such a reasonable price. I mean, Hawkinson's probably the most expensive. Yeah. And what, what would you guys pay for Hawkinson? Uh, I would really try to avoid a 23 for – I would hand over – 24 first? I would hand over a 24 first for sure. So you So 23 is an overpay? I think twenty-three 20, is an overpay. I think for twenty-three now. is an overpay. Uh, you could do a couple twenty-three seconds. I think people are so enamored with those picks. You could probably get that done regardless of where they're projected to be. That That's could be At Perry. That could that could be At Perry. That that would be yeah. tough. But you know he's I, finding his way out of my roster. I don't oh, care what happens. Whoever oh, drafts him is going to screw me over. <laughs> I'll me. be I'll be waiting for that. Yes, probably. Next year, so. Max is going to jump me. Oh. <laughs> Peter, it could be the day before the draft. You can think, oh, I'm getting A.T. Perry, and I'm jumping you. I don't care if it costs my whole team. Well, I, I just crunched some numbers, everyone, and this was some targets per game based on the 2021 NFL season. T.J. Hawkinson came in with seven targets per game last season in his – he only played 12 games. Robert Tunyon, you know, small sample size, only played eight games, only started in five, so a lot of – a lot of, you know, half snaps there, 3.6 targets per game. And then Cole Komet, who racked up 93 targets last year, but he played 17 games. He ended up finishing with 5.4 targets per game. Maybe he sees a little jump right there. And then Tyler Conklin, who Herb Smith is most likely going to be filling in for, um, was able to rack up 5.1 targets per game. So you got TJ Hawkinson leading the way with seven per game. Maybe we see that fall a little bit, especially when JMO comes into play. That's where I'm kind of going. I just think the volume is going to be there more consistently, but I don't know, kind of tight end philosophy wise. It depends on what you want. If you just don't want to get burnt by the position, I think TJ Hawkinson's your answer. But if you're just shooting for pure upside, you're shooting for, you know, 45 yards and a touchdown and, or, you know, 30 yards and two touchdowns by happenstance. I think all three other guys in this division are probably your answer. I, I really do worry that, there aren't going to be enough touchdowns in Detroit to go around. And you could probably make the same case for Cole Komet. All right. Any final words on the tight ends in the division? Oh, I did. We put out a poll on Twitter. We wanted to see what you guys thought. Cole Komet or Irv Smith. I think over here at the dynasty monarchy podcast, I'm an Irv Smith guy, Peter. I think you're I'm an Irv Smith. Smith guy. Max. I don't know. Uh, Smaller than the prototypical tight end. Sure. Sure. But we're Trey McBride guys as well. So I'm a Cole Komet guy. I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I'll leave it at that. that that's fair. We got into some good discussions um, on Twitter. I wanted to give a quick little shout-out uh, to Riker Thomas, at Riker, R-Y-K-E-R, Thomas3 on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's been engaging with us a ton. We would love to get him on the show eventually, uh, kind of see an episode that's in his wheelhouse. But uh, we had some really good back and forth on Cole Komet versus Irv Smith. And I was, at the time, a Cole Komet guy, and he pulled me down to Irv Smith um, because of Tyler Conklin's involvement in the offense last year. And Peter, I think you would agree with me. Irv Smith is a much, much better athlete than Tyler Conklin is. 100% a receiver. Ab- a receiver first. Absolutely. Um, but we're kind of we're a little bit split on this podcast. But you guys spoke. We got 23, vo- 23 votes on this poll. 78% for, for Cole Komet and 22% for Irv Smith. So right there, if you're viewing those guys relatively equally, you have a Cole Komet on your roster and you think the drop off to Irv Smith might not be so bad, go get you some Irv Smith Plus because I think people are willing to pay that right now. All right. Any last show points before we wrap up and tease our jersey giveaway? Real quick. Just wanted to piggy off back, piggyback off of Jason. Piggy off back. 
pick you off back, pick whatever. I'm a rapper, whatever. <laughs> um, the thing that I've been trying to do is like, I'm obviously in a rebuild right now. And Jace, I know you are as well. And it's been really tough for me because like these guys said, it's the off season, not much goes on and I'm getting upset. Not going to lie to the fans, to the listeners, <laughs> tough out there for me. But what I've really been trying to do is just downgrade like a little bit. I mean, if I have cam makers and someone used like JK Dobbins, like not much at all. I, I think they're both around the same for me. And if I can get like JK Dobbins plus Johan Dotson, then slam dunk, you know? So just, if you could get a little downgrade, cause you don't really know. That's what you have to know where your league mates view players, you know? But mm-hmm. if someone views someone really low and like they're down on them and you, you think he could have a good year, go get him plus something for a guy that like could have a really bad year and go out and get him cheaper, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think the tight end positions at a very vulnerable spot for things like that. I think, you know, Kelsey's right on the edge of his career. Kelsey could very well be on the edge of his if Trey Lance can't feed him the rock like Jimmy G used to, Um, you know, Kyle Pitts could end up in quarterback hell his entire career if they don't figure things out in the front office and draft the right guys or trade for the right guys. I think the spots in a vulnerable position. And I think going off that downgrading philosophy, I do think you could downgrade from a wide receiver position or even a running back position where the options are a little more plentiful and a little more consistent and go take a shot on one of these guys, Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Bob Tanyan, who I got off of waivers. I mean, you can go acquire for a 23 third for sure. Um, I think taking little downgrades like that to kind of stack your roster with tight ends is a great move and a great point to bring up Max. All right. We are going to tease the Jersey giveaway. Uh, for our one-year anniversary, it's coming up. I believe the episode for our one-year anniversary is going to drop on August 10th. Tentatively speaking, August 10th is going to be our one-year anniversary. The exact anniversary is escaping me. We'll we'll give you guys that date moving forward. But the anniversary episode is going to be August 10th. And during that episode, we are going to be giving away a jersey, a signed NFL jersey. We've given away two of them already, a Chiefs Tyreek Hill one before the trade. Uh, for the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl. And then we did one recently to celebrate Twitter uh, and the growing of our Twitter. That was a Jalen Waddle signed jersey giveaway. Uh, and our good friend Steve actually won that one. So shout out, Steve. We know you're probably listening all the way to the end. We put a poll out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and asked you, the monarchy out there, we were wondering our, our loyal subjects, our loyal royal subjects, uh, as Hamilton, writer <laughs> Lynn Manuel would say. What kind of jersey did you want? So we had quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end as the options. So we had 40 votes on the poll, and it came out like this. Quarterback, 32%. Running back, 35%. Wide receiver, 16%. And tight end, 16%. Running back, one. So our first hint is that we're going to be giving away a running back jersey. So every week, we're going to give a little bit more of a hint. Uh, until eventually somebody DMs us on Twitter and figures it out. Once you yep. DM, us on t- DM us on Twitter, we will give you 10 extra entries into the contest if you can guess the player correctly. So we're going to be giving a running back jersey away. Yep, That's the one hint you're going to be getting. Thank you to everyone who made it to the end of the episode. Jace out in Arizona holding it down. Max, super producer in Cleveland, myself on the East Coast. We're all around the country. We got listeners all around the world. We wanted to thank you all for making it to the end. Loyal, royal subjects all the way to the end. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. On Twitter, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y on Twitter. And give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. With that being said, have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you next week for the NFC South. Yeah, baby. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>